Today we're doing a one-off. Uh, next week, as most of you know, we're starting a series on prayer. Uh, treat today's message as a trailer or a preview uh, into what we have ahead for the next 10 weeks. Uh, I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 6, uh, from verses 5 to 15. So if you have your Bibles, you could open up with me. It says, And when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to, st- to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Everyone loves a good game of charades, or the classic skit night at every camp. These are the games where, for a short period of time, you get to act like you're someone else. Whether it be your favorite superhero, a famous celebrity, or a scene from one of those classic movies. I was speaking at a youth camp last year. It's Saturday night, and I'm seeing all of these high school boys turning into the local team of Avengers. Or the girls, and one or two unashamed guys, transforming into the One Direction fan club of Brisbane. It was a great performance. They knew all the moves. But it's a performance. It's only a game of charades. It's just a show. Many of us love playing charades so much that we're still playing this game. In fact, we've taken it from our family living rooms and our youth group camps, and we've brought it into our lives, into the church, and into the way we follow Jesus. The phrase, Sunday best, can often refer to this game. We put on our best clothes, our best smile, our best manners. We dig up our little dictionary of loving Christian words and phrases. But it's just our Sunday best. It's it's so easy for it just to be an act about the veneer and the game face that we put on. The word Jesus uses to describe this is hypocrisy, to act, to pretend, to put on a show. The passage that we just read today is found in a three-part series that Jesus gives on this word hypocrisy. He's in the middle of what we call the Sermon on the Mount. It's about how to follow Jesus and live in the kingdom of God. In Matthew 6, Jesus confronts hypocrisy or play-acting in three basic areas of life. 
giving in verse 1, prayer in verse 5, and fasting in verse 16. Today we're going to have a look at what Jesus says about prayer and hypocrisy. Next week, as we all know, we're starting a 10-week series on prayer, so you can tune in today and get a whole summary of the 10 weeks in under 30 minutes. But hopefully, and more seriously, you'll be reminded from Jesus of how central, integral, and powerful prayer is for Christians. And you'll be here eager to learn more about what Jesus and God has to say about prayer in the next 10 weeks. I came up with this term during the week, pray acting Christians. We all know that prayer is important. But some of you might be a bit hesitant or fearful to pray. It's just not something that we're used to doing. But some of you might be the total opposite. You love praying. Whenever there's a chance to pray, bam, you're there. Whether we're struggling or coasting, Jesus has something here for all of us about prayer. The main point is that prayer is not a performance. It's about a heart focused on God. So usually after a sermon on prayer, you expect grace for lunch and the next few prayers to be top notch, straight out of the prayer book. Big words, getting out the these, thys and thous, even the Holy Moses voice makes an appearance. In fact, I'm not aiming for that at all. I'd simply love to see and hear prayers to God from the heart and focused on God. So let's just imagine for a second that you're a first century Jew. A good Jew knows that prayer is a central part of life. You go to the synagogue and you pray silently or quietly with everyone else. On top of that, at different times during the day, a trumpet or a bell would sound. It's time to stop what you're doing, face the temple and pray. These were all appropriate ways to pray. But over time, people began to use these opportunities as a show to be seen or heard. At the synagogue, instead of praying to God, they were praying to those around them, praying to look better than whoever prayed last week, praying to look good by using big and fancy words, and praying to have authority by preaching their own mini-sermon. People would also intentionally plan their day out so that they'd be at the most public place when the prayer bells rang. So, I know the bells are going to ring at midday, so I'll just happen to be at King George Square just around then. Instead of an act of worship, prayer became a performance. And this is what Jesus addresses here. We read verse 5 again, it says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Prayer is not a performance. Those who pray to perform have already received their reward. 
they've had the time in the spotlight. Prayer is to God. It's an attitude of worship, sincerity and devotion. To state the obvious, Jesus isn't banning public prayers. Jesus is rejecting this attitude of praying to perform. Now, it's really tempting to be hard on the Jews here. But I think we can have the same misunderstanding of prayer also. For those who pray in public, you need to examine yourself thoroughly. Prayers, leaders, preachers, elders, those who enjoy praying in public or in a group, you're all tempted in this area to pray to look better than whoever just prayed last. Praying to look good by using big and fancy words and praying to have authority by preaching your own hobby horse, your own mini sermon. These motivations to pray are just what Jesus is talking about. Pray acting Christians. Are you praying to perform or are you praying to God? Jesus suggests here a way to breed prayer for the right attitude. He says, grow your private prayer life. Go to your room, close the door, and pray to God. It's just you and God. No distractions at all. Let your private prayer influence your public or group prayer. I was leading a prayer meeting once, and one of the guys came up to me beforehand and said, Josh, how are we supposed to pray? How are we supposed to do this? How are we supposed to pray together for an hour, a whole hour? Isn't it going to be awkward for us all? I actually think he's like many of us here today. You might not like to pray with others because you don't, you don't want to perform. For those who don't like the attention while praying, I think this is a freeing idea for you. Because prayer isn't about the attention. It's not about the performance. No one's judging you. There's no level of spirituality that you have to reach before you can pray. It's not about what others think of you. It's an attitude of worship to God. And this gives you freedom to pray, knowing that it's not about the attention. In fact, if you're thinking this, you probably have the most ideal attitude to pray. You just need to get rid of this false idea that's equating prayer and performance. Hearing people pray authentic words directly from the heart, from them to God, is just so encouraging to pray with them and just to focus on God. Prayer is not about the performance. Another way of practicing that the Jews had picked up was similar to the way the Greeks and the pagans, the foreigners, were praying at the time. The pagans thought that if they just prayed long enough, their God would listen. They had to make reference to all their gods. They had to address them with a special phrase and probably even a special prayer voice. And then they'd repeat this process over and over again. And hopefully this would twist their God's arm into listening and answering. And Jesus says here that the Jews, their prayers were just like the pagans. In verse 7 says, When you pray, 
do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard of their many words. We don't need to persuade God to hear and answer our prayers. Jesus reminds us that God knows what we need, even before we ask him. Remember that God is God. He doesn't need us to tell him what's happening and what we need. He isn't limited just to our intelligence and our own two eyes. It's not about twisting his arm or persuading him to answer. Prayer is not a performance. There's no minimum word requirement for God to listen. There's no flashing green light that comes up when you hit the 50 word mark and a sign that flashes, God is listening. There's no magic checklist uh, of words that gets God's attention. And God doesn't answer in proportion to how long or how many words there are in a prayer. Note again that Jesus isn't banning long prayers. He's not necessarily getting rid of prayer vigils and prayer meetings. Jesus is concerned here about the attitude of the heart, not the length of the prayer. So in a sense, as we get into the series on prayer next week, the answer to a lack of prayer isn't a prayer meeting. I mean, it'd be nice if we did have prayer meetings and it'd be encouraging if many people came. But if we come to a prayer meeting thinking that just the fact that we meet and we pray for an hour or two, that God's going to listen just because of that, I think we're kidding ourselves. We might, we might not have a problem with prayer lengths, but some of us might think that there's this list of spiritual words to tick, or a holy tone or pitch to pray in, or a special prayer language to learn in order to pray. Remember, prayer is not a performance. It's about a heart focused on God. Are you praying to perform? Or are you praying to God? Thinking about prayer in any of these ways is the same way as the Jews were thinking about prayer. Long prayers, long prayer meetings, God will hear us. Many words, magic phrases, God will hear us. Fortunately, God doesn't work that way. God accepts our prayers, whoever we are, however we sound like, whatever the content is, as long as our hearts are focused on Him. I don't know about you, but this is a very liberating thought for me. I remember when I had to song lead for the first time, I remember asking, is there a particular way to pray? And I was relieved to know that as long as I prayed from the heart in submission to God, that's all that I needed. There's no special formula, no minimum word requirement, no unique prayer language, no holy tone, holy pitch. And this is a freeing idea for most of us. I know that many of you would be scared and frightened if I asked you to join a prayer group or join the prayer roster. We think that there's some unwritten rules on how to pray together. We've got to pray this long. We've got to mention God, Jesus, Bible. Many of us shy away 
from these so-called expectations. I suspect that many of you would be great prayers, but you're just scared of praying in a group or in public because you think it's a performance. Jesus is saying that prayer is not a performance. It's about a heart focused on God. So in these past few verses, we've seen Jesus describe how not to pray. It's in this context that Jesus says, this then is how you should pray and gives what we now call the Lord's Prayer. And note that this isn't the magic prayer for God to hear us. It's an example, it's a model or a pattern that Jesus gives his followers on how to pray. Most, if not all of you, know this prayer. It can be broken down into six petitions or phrases, three about God and three about us. And here Jesus corrects all the pray acting by telling them, this is how to pray in God's kingdom. I just want to take us through it really quickly and point out some reflections on each part. So the prayer begins with this address, Our Father in Heaven. Prayer is directed to God. And this title brings together two important truths. The first is that God is our Father. He's family. He's close. We have a relationship with Him. And the second is that He's in Heaven. He's God. He's sovereign. He's big. This is the God that we're praying to. Not an idol or statue or a dead prophet. The first phrase is, Hallowed be your name. In simple English it's, Let your name be great. Let your name be glorified. In my life, in this world. We often want to say, Our name is great. My name is great. But praying this moves us away from the centre of our lives and gives it rightfully to God. The second phrase, your kingdom come. Praying for the end game, for the gospel to spread, for the kingdom to expand. More people to be saved through Jesus and to enter God's kingdom. It's looking forward to Jesus coming again. Is this part of your model of prayer? Praying for the spread of the gospel in your family, in your neighborhood, in our city, and our world. I challenged my last group in the beginning of the year to pray big kingdom prayers. I've been finding that we pray about good things, but really small things like our studies, our health, our safety on our trips, they're all good things, but they're all small things compared to God's kingdom that's coming. This is something that I'm focusing on in my prayer life. I know that I need to pray more for God's kingdom to come, about the gospel moving forward. How about you? The third phrase is, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Most of the time we pray thinking that it says, my will be done, or our own will be done. Think about your prayers, and see if they're more about you or God. 
It's about God's will to be done. It's praying for a time when righteousness will rule the earth just like it does in heaven. No evil, no temptation, no sin. Can you pray for God's will to be done to replace the earthly pleasures that we all hold on to? These first three petitions are all about God. His name, His kingdom, His will. As you pray this week, start by focusing on God and let Him drive your prayers. The last three phases are to do with us, but as we read them, I think you'll find that they're still focused on God. Give us today our daily bread. Trust God for our physical needs for the coming day. We can't really identify with this as well as the Jews because of our society and how our salaries work. But in the first century, Jews were paid daily for their work. So each day, they were under the pump to work for their food for the coming day. And this phrase says, God provides all your physical needs. Trust Him. It's God that gives you all that you need, your job, your food, your drink, your clothes. Don't worry about it. Trust God. He's got it. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Jesus wants us to pray for a forgiving attitude with God and with others. It's God that forgives us through Christ. Remember that. Forgiveness of our sins cannot be found anywhere else. And Jesus expands this verse also in verse 14 and 15. An attitude of unforgiveness is a sign of unrepentance. And this is what the Pharisees struggled with and this is what Jesus is writing to. Instead of reading forgiveness, they looked down on others and they condemned others in their prayers. Pray for forgiveness, not condemnation. The final petition, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The Pharisees, who Jesus labels as hypocrites, they think they've all got it under control. But this phrase acknowledges to God the reality that we need help. It's saying, Lord, keep us righteous. Give us strength and wisdom against temptation and evil. It's a dependence on God for our moral and spiritual victory in our lives. This is the model that Jesus gives us on how to pray. Each part points to God, his name, his kingdom, his will. Our needs, our forgiveness, our deliverance, all trusting in him. Prayer is not a performance. It's not about us. It's about a heart focused on God. Are you praying to perform? Or are you praying to God? How will your prayers change as God becomes more and more in the center of your life? Let's not fall into the trap of being pray-acting Christians. So in the passage that we've looked at today, Jesus points out an ungodly attitude to prayer. A type of prayer that's more concerned about 
the attention, the show and the performance. Pray acting Christians. We're all tempted to be part of the act, to turn prayer into a mere game of charades, to pray for the attention, to pray as if there's a magic length or magic words to be heard. In fact, it's even dangerous not to pray because of this false understanding of prayer. So when you pray, especially in public, I encourage you to examine your motivations thoroughly. Make sure that when you pray, it's not about those around you. It's not about pleasing them. It's not about impressing the crowd. Make sure that your heart is fixed on God. If you're fearful of praying because of the performance or the idea, the expectation, I hope you're encouraged today that prayer isn't about any of those things. There's no green, green light that comes on when you've reached the word requirement. There's no points, no brownie points for including spiritual or holy words. All Jesus wants is your heart to be focused and in submission to God. Prayer is not a performance. It's about a heart focused on God. Are you praying to perform? Or are you praying to God? Don't be a pray-acting Christian. Let God be the centre of your prayers. His name, His kingdom, His will. And let the glory be His and His alone. Let's pray to finish off. Heavenly Father, you are our God, and your name is great. Above all things, we like to see your kingdom to come. We want to see the saving message of Jesus to win people's hearts, in our families, our friends, our workmates, those that you put around us every day. Use us for the spread of your word. Lord, we pray for your will to be done, first and foremost, let your will become our desire. Thanks for the way that you work in our lives. Help us to trust you for our daily bread, our forgiveness of sins, our deliverance from the evil one. It's amazing, Lord, that we can come to you in confidence through Jesus. Help us to pray in a way that's all about you. Lord, I pray that as we pray, that you will be the centre that your kingdom is our main concern above all things, that you will get the glory that you deserve in our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.